Hello and welcome to another episode of the Compile Spoof Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Whittem. In this podcast, we talk about everything related to Apple platforms and Apple development, including macOS, iOS, iPadOS, watchOS, tvOS, and any other OS they've invented this week. So with that, let's get on with the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's another episode of the CompileSwift.com podcast. In this episode, I am going to talk a little bit about Swift Package Manager. I've been playing around with that over the past week. In fact, I just got a video out, and it's going up to YouTube as I record this, so I'll also put a link for that in the show notes. I will also talk a little bit about Swift UI and some of the frustration I've been having with it. First up, let's talk about Swift Package Manager. I started using it this week and, you know, I had some code that I wanted to really use across multiple personal projects. And I thought, what a perfect opportunity to go ahead and create my first Swift package. Yeah, I know it's ridiculous that it's taken this long, but, you know, it's one of those where you really need a reason to do it. And I finally found that reason. So I was working through and I thought to myself as I'm doing this, you know, it's... Not immediately obvious how this works. And anytime something like that happens, I think to myself, it's time to create a video for other folks in the Swift community. So that's exactly what I did. And I just wrapped recording it, editing it. And like I say, it's now uploading to YouTube and the link will be in the show notes. So creating the Swift package itself in Xcode 12 was very straightforward. You know, you can just go file new and Swift package. But there are a couple of gotchas that I wanted to talk about, and they are covered in the video. But basically, you got to watch out that you publicly expose the things you want to be able to access and share with other folks. And, you know, part of that is it's kind of surprising in a way that the struct that's created by default in Xcode in the template when you build it doesn't have an init function. And so I went ahead and put one of those in there, and it solved a lot of my problems. This was, you know, I was having some issues using the package in my application. Now, as far as bringing the Swift package across into an app, that's very straightforward and wonderfully easy, thanks to the integration within GitHub. You know, I just pushed my package up to my own GitHub account. I got the URL, or of course you can search when you're in Xcode and add it there. But I just put the URL in, gave it a branch name, said go get the main branch and imported it into my code. And away it went. Super easy. So very impressed with that. And I think I'm going to be spending a lot more time with Swift Package Manager in the future. I have a lot of code. You know, I think we all do, right? Those little utility functions or whatever it may be, classes, extensions that you build for yourself. And, you know, either you then use them across multiple projects or maybe you share them with the team. And it's looking like Swift Package Swift Package Manager is very much the the easy way and simple way to do that. So I'm going to spend a lot more time with that. Probably talk about that a bit more in the future as well. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I'll talk about a little bit about my adventures with Swift UI this week. Time for a break. Break time over. Okay, so I've been using Swift UI more and more. And funny enough, it's starting to get a little infuriating in some ways because... You know, yes, I know it's still very early days for Swift UI, but, you know, we really do need to start using it. And I always promote using it as well. But sometimes there's just things that just annoy you. And it's like, this shouldn't be this hard, right? Or shouldn't be that tough to work out. Now, at first, I think to myself, well, I just don't understand it or the way it works. And, and, you know, then have to go back and learn again. And 
Sometimes, though, you go through them and it's like, no, I think I'm getting this right and it's just not working properly. So what am I talking about here as an example? Well, you know, right in line with my previous comments about in the first part about Swift Package Manager, I wrote a package with some extensions in for some dates, right? Some date to strings and various little things that I use. So I was trying to bring those into my Swift UI application, a little idea that I was spinning together for a personal app. And it just got very frustrating to figure out, you know, not so much the Swift UI interface part, but the proper way or even a way that works to bring in some of the business logic into a Swift UI application. And it all, as I'm doing it, it feels messy. And you know, you get that code smell that says, hmm, I don't think I'm doing this right, even if it's working. And I'm just finding a lot of things like that. So in the end, this little personal project, I just went back and said, you know, screw it. And I went back and started again and built a storyboard version of the app and just brought the libraries in started using them, the business logic worked just fine and the problem was solved and the app was done. So it's very interesting that Swift UI is, yes, it requires a different mindset, but it also requires in a way to sort of do some of the things so differently to the way that you're used to doing them that in the end, I can understand why some people uh, turn around and say, you know, forget it. I'm just not going to use Swift UI yet. So I think I need to spend more time there, a lot more time understanding how I get my business logic and code. Not so much models. Models in Swift UI seem to be very straightforward and better than they were in, say, storyboard apps. But this whole thing with the business layer is very frustrating because of the way that it renders out screens. For example, uh, part of my application was I had a timer, right? And, you know, timers in SwiftUI, it's not that bad. But the idea was that it, I wanted it to, I wanted to be able to type in a bunch of numbers, say one minute, hit a button, and have it count down, just like a countdown timer, right? Sounds very simple. You know, yet the business logic to have it do that and then update the screen and because it updates the screen, you've got to make sure things like the count are in the state and things like that. And it gets to be very um, messy right now, at least for a Swift UI user of my level. But I'm not going to give up on it. I'm going to keep doing it. It's a personal project, so there's no pressure of timeline. And that's always a big plus for learning new things. But it does make you stop and wonder. You know, it's like, hmm, the projects that I work on for other people you know, the real money makers and that and day job or whatever it may be. Is Swift UI the way to go yet? I'm not sure. Um, not sure that I would want to, you know, suddenly throw that on a team and say, hey, rewrite your business logic to work with this. I don't know. Got to I got to work it out some more. Anyway, that's it for this week. I just wanted to touch on a couple of subjects. It's very kind of quiet at the moment in the, the Swift world. Uh, you know, obviously in the ramp up is gonna start very soon and all the rumors about what may or may not be at WWDC this year or how WWDC is gonna play out. But that's gonna get to ramp up very quickly and be very exciting. On another note, just quickly, I continue to see people that I know and respect posting about their performance testing with the Apple chips and you know, the M1 chip and oh my goodness, they're, they're starting to make me very jealous indeed. 
and I'm, I'm fighting hard the resistance to say goodbye to my MacBook Pro 16-inch with the i9. But every time those fans spin up, you know, you start to think about those M1s and you think, oh, that would certainly be a quieter world. And I certainly wouldn't have to edit out the fan noise on things like podcast and video recordings. Anyway, that's it. Reach out to me at CompileSwift on Twitter or CompileSwift.com. Love to hear from you. Love to get comments. Um, if you're interested in, you know, maybe an appearance or there's something you want to talk about on CompileSwift or something you'd like me to talk about or take a look at, uh, be it a project or an application or whatever it may be, you can now go to CompileSwift.com and there'll be a link there to be, a, you know, a form that you can fill in to appear on this uh, podcast. And with that, I will speak to you next time. Take care.